They erased your identity and implanted a new one. I was written in as your wife so that I could watch you and make sure the erasure took. Sorry, Quaid. Your whole life is just a dream. Okay, then. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? It's me. I just work here. <laughs> Doug. Doug, there's something I want you to know. You were the best assignment I ever had. Really. I'm honored. You sure you don't want to? Just for old time's sake? Come on. If you don't trust me, you can tie me up. <laughs> I didn't know you were so kinky. Maybe it's time you found out. Clever girl. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And this month and week, we are talking about Paul Verhoeven via the Dark Council. And uh, last week was RoboCop, and this week is Total Recall. Yes, um, that's fun. We're, we're the Dutch Master, <laughs> <laughs> is what they call him. The Blunt Man himself. <laughs> 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 yeah, they call him the blunt Bitches man himself. Uh, <laughs> we've been having a good time with all with old Polly, old uh, Polly Blunts, as we call him, <laughs> the Dutch master. <laughs> Polly Blunts, the Dutch master. Uh, <laughs> we're out of the eighties now, and we're going into the nineties, and we're going to be talking about. One of the one thing I noticed about this movie is how strange Arnold Schwarzenegger's career is. Really how, is, yeah. <laughs> going back to it, it feels like just a bizarre time portal. What a to fucking, another dimension. What a cool ass guy, honestly. Like, <laughs> what a life. I know, strange guy, strange career, and we'll get into that. Uh, but before we do, um. I should ask what I always ask this week, which is, Jeremy, what else did you watch this week? Bryn, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> was that a tuning fork? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, well, Bryn, this week I watched the 2014 American black comedy drama film, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Ah, the uh, Inuritu film. That's oh, right. Quran or Inuritu? It is Inuritu. Um, yeah. This is a movie um, starring uh, Michael Keaton, Zach Galifianakis, Edward Norton, Andrea Riseborough, Amy Ryan, Emma Stone, and Naomi Watts that I saw in theaters when it came out and then never again. Me too. And uh, I had filed it away in my head as good movie. I remembered liking it <laughs> uh, a lot 
and then leaving the theater and never really looking back on it again, which is kind of um, that's a very classic way to treat like Academy Award Best Picture nominees. I don't remember if this ended up winning, but it's uh, one of those ones that I watched because it was one of the nominees. And I'm like, well, I better see it. It's culturally relevant. It won Best Picture. It did win Best Picture. OK, it did. Yeah. Um, so it, it was one that I definitely filed away and I had started thinking about it and I was like, I wonder, is, is it that actually good? <laughs> good? Um, yeah. And I'm happy to report it is. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. I did actually like it upon rewatch. Yeah. Um, not quite as much as I did back then. But um, I actually was really impressed by it. I think it's pretty good. Um, I think uh, something something interesting is that I remember what impressed me back then was the like the the amount of like hidden cuts and the ways that they were you know the the way that they sure. really were able to attain that feeling of like one take and like never really uh, never really like get your uh, get get too distracting. I, I did actually feel this time that like it just felt really gimmicky. And the more they were doing it, the more I was like, all right, enough, enough. <laughs> it's not like it's all know, one shot. It, it's just not adding is- enough, you know, like it's not adding enough to this to make it like worth it for me to just, you know, I don't know. So, so, so I also that- just don't just as an aside, because we're talking about the long take thing. The movie mm-hmm. is like put together as though it is a warner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a film dork, you know, I'm impressed by a oneer. Let's sure. Let's not be, you know, they, it's it's very difficult to do, and 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 I do appreciate when it, especially if it's motivated. But even when it isn't, if you pull off a oneer, cool. I'm I'm probably gonna be impressed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, the thumbs up. Sure. Uh, this isn't one. And what I no. really don't like about it is that it isn't like if you're going to make a whole movie, that's one shot. At least do it. <laughs> don't like edit it in a way where it's supposed to look like it. Yeah. With I CGI mean, to like, I get change it, you, it. You can't, you can't actually do it. It's way too long. Be- you know, it's two hours. Done like it. It's a two hour one or no way. Russian arc is a one right? I don't um, know. And, and, Hitchcock's rope is uh it's not actually a runner because they had to change reels back then. Well, this is what I was like, gonna say is that like even now, like you know, you'd have to change fine. battery, you'd have to change, you know, like so again, that's, not that's, making it actually a runner. And that's and, fine, but at least they don't take they don't do they don't change the takes when they don't have to. Like mm-hmm. I get being limited by that, but like Birdman doesn't even do that. Like there's all kinds of CGI transitions and like the whole where he's flying around the city back into like the like it's like these are different scenes. Why is sure. this? Why is it? Why is it trying to like? Yeah, there, there's definitely a I lot of times. Get, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm always like I'm always down for like fun ways of hiding cuts. I think that there is like something, you know, also impressive about that about like you know finding ways to use the space that you're in to like to hide cuts so that you can get more different takes and and try to stitch stuff together to feel more organically like one piece that stuff i like but there is a lot of times in the movie where it just feels like it's an unmotivated camera move to just get a transition in there or like you know like you're saying these cgi things i'm never really too keen on like you know using like a whole building in like a swooping bird flying scene and you're just like fuck off 
this isn't even like it's not even uh it's not even really you know video right now right like what's the point of this so that stuff doesn't really land as well for me bothers Um, me i do think though that like stuff that does land really well is um the actual acting is really really good um Ed Norton in particular this time around, like really, really impressed me. Um, Zach Galifianakis is fantastic. Um, he's like kind of just beginning his time in, in this movie as like a regular actor. Like he's starting to transition out of being like, you know, stand-up comedian and comedic actor to being like, what if I'm a real actor? And he's just doing a great job here as like comic relief in a serious movie just kind of like the he's the um, producer of the show and he's just kind of like yeah. this fun like you know busy stressed out like running around buzzing all the time uh sort of a guy um that stuff is fun i think like um i i forgot all about his like birdman inner monologue and um that's kind of a nice little bit of uh you know, a little bit of acidity on the, on the meat, you know, that's a little, it's a nice little like bit of, <laughs> bit of, bit of fun to kind of like take your mind off of like how fucking, you know, how self-serious it is sometimes. Like, you know, you have him having this whole like argument with Ed Norton about like, you know, like Ed Norton's like, you're not being real enough, man. You got that gun looks fucking ridiculous. I'm not scared at all. And he's like, you know, having these serious like conversations about like art and acting and stuff. And then he'll like run away and then Birdman will be like, that pain in the ass. What a bitch. And you're like, nice, dude. (laughs) He's being a pussy. Does he know who you are? (laughs) Yeah. It's a Batman guy. It's a Batman guy. I also was really uh i was surprised how old this movie is um it's 10 years old now um 2014 and um already back then like they're doing commentary on the fact that everything is a superhero movie and everything's becoming superheroes and stuff well Um, interestingly like it um it you know at the time i remember like this is like one year after iron man one or no Mm -hmm. um after the Avengers, right? Um, I don't think the Avengers had come out yet. Really? Um, well, I remember even at the time. It, no, oh, it's t- two 20, years after. 20, yeah. 2012, yeah. So um, if, if even at the time it felt like we're doing this again, because, at, you know, Batman won, and then, like, Batman and the original Superman by Richard Donner and, like, then there was a whole nother wave with Spider-Man and X-Men. And then it felt like 10 years pass and then we do it again. And it just felt like, when is this going to stop? And now it's literally all there is. It feels like Christ <laughs> Batman begins is 2005. Yeah. So that means that we are coming up on 20 years of this. Yep. 20 years. <laughs> but again, like X-Men, the movie like the first x-men and like um spider-man yeah, I guess you're spider-man right, yeah. one is 2001 or 02 i think um yeah the original x-men is 2000 and then raimi spider-man is 2002 because it's after yeah, 02, 9-11 yeah. yeah so it's just like God it's been damn. happening for so long and so this is you know this is a uh, birdman is 23rd what opened the door for X-Men? 
Brian Singer? I don't know. <laughs> like, what was the precursor that made them say, like, okay, we can take a, we can take a, a you know, we, we, we can try X-Men and see how that goes. Well, I think the, I think one of the things I do like about this is that it's kind of Keaton's Batman's fault. Like, Tim Burton. And, yeah, you're right. And yeah. Michael Keaton made Batman. And that they was made a such cool a- superhero movie. Because before that, it was just like the um, Superman was like was the kind Superman of a Christopher Reeves movies, and those are family. corny. Yeah, they're yeah. for kids. And Batman was cool and had a really big success. And what if it was kind of weird and creepy and fun and like it kind of ruined everything? I think I kind of blame Tim Burton <laughs> uh, for figuring out how to make a superhero movie that like is sort of winking at the camera but also taking itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh it's really funny the like it's basically been since the 80s the like the death of these uh like the death of superhero movies in the beginning like when you know it felt like they couldn't do it and then you know uh tim burton had to revive it with batman you know it 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 felt like there was kind of this like understanding that you know superheroes just don't really book the way they used to and stuff and it's really funny that it turns out that the problem really just was superman sucks you know nobody likes superman (laughs) so stop doing superman they've never been able to do it again and once they stopped doing superman basically they were like oh actually people do uh think that superheroes are pretty cool (laughs) yeah they were still doing it though. The Donna Justice happened. Justice League is still, but they don't do like a Superman movie anymore. Yeah, well, they tried to do it and it didn't work again. And Man um, of Steel, I think it worked, right? Man of Steel was popular. I think people. I mean, I think it like made its money and stuff, but I think people definitely didn't like it. Oh no, nobody ever likes the Superman movies, but it made six hundred and sixty-eight million dollars off of two twenty-five. Yeah. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Anyway, Birdman. Yeah, so Birdman, it's it's interesting that even back then, and you're right, it's so looking at it from this perspective, like I was still thinking of it like I I had think I had thought of it as like Iron Man was kind of the beginning of this era of superhero movies, but you're right, it does begin a lot earlier than that. Yeah. Even if you take, you know, Michael Keaton Batman out of it and you just take the timeline of X-Men on Birdman's already coming out 14 years after the superhero thing has begun. So I guess it's not as impressive that they're doing superhero commentary, but it was pretty interesting. There's like a scene where, you know, the there's like an actor who gets like a fucking stage light drops on his head or some shit like that. And uh, they have to replace him. And that's when Ed, Ed Norton comes in and uh, he's like rattling off the names of actors who could take his place. And all of them are in superhero movies. Um yeah. And Zach Galifianakis has to keep being like, nope, he's in this superhero movie. Nope, he's in this superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think my big problem with the movie is um, that it's exactly Fellini's Eight and a Half. Sure. Like, it's just a remake, and mm-hmm. they don't, like, credit it, and it seems like they're trying to hide it somehow. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. I've thought a lot about Eight and a Half. I, I, it used to be one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about it as I've gotten older, I've sort of soured on it. I think it's a little bit like navel gazy and like poor me. Like, oh, I'm a film director. I have to like make art as a job. Right. 
like and it's like sometimes I don't get to do exactly what I want or I'm a mm-hmm. fraud or my penis or whatever. And it's like <laughs> I, <laughs> I I like I, I kind of like by the time this movie came out, I was sort of like kind of like whatever. The movie's cool looking, but it's mm-hmm. it's not like the best movie of all time. And I watched this movie and I was like, this is literally eight and a half. Like the story is exactly the same. And I already had kind of felt like soured on the point of that movie. And I felt like it was exactly the same point. Mm-hmm. Um, that art is hard. And it's, yeah, I, I don't know. Like what I else mean, is that, that art is hard. It's, it's really more about like, I think it's more about like when you have like made something, your reputation, like how hard it is to change that. Right. You know, like it's not necessarily about art in particular as much as it is like. Well, it's about like making. When you're something... old, can you change? You know, yeah. like it's ma- it's about making something that's honest after you've made something else, and then like in 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 a system that really doesn't want you to. Um, but I think to me, like one of my big problems with Eight and a Half is that he doesn't like learn to let go. Really, mm. he just like kills himself. Right. Uh, and that it's not like accepting that like there's more to life than worrying about this stuff. It's like he just kills himself because he's too much of a coward. And then they stole the same ending. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I don't know. I, I felt like this movie kind of left a sour to it's cool in a lot of ways, but it's also like kind of, a. I, I just don't get why you would make this movie. Uh, and then the fact that it won best picture over grand Budapest hotel, I was like, kind of fuck this movie oh was it up against grand budapest <laughs> yeah that was sort of my big like mm. kind of annoyance about this movie so it's weird because it's not bad like it, i i kind of have like a little i'm annoyed at it and I, when i when i walked out of the theater i was with my friend and i was like and she was like that was a pretty cool movie i was like i feel like it was like eight and a half but worse and she was like oh my God, it was just eight and a half. (laughs) And then like that kind of made it like less good for her too. So that's kind of like my main takeaway from the movie is that it's eight and a half. I don't know why I thought it was up against La La Land, but that's not the case. No, that's Moonlight. Moonlight was up against La La Land. Which is a pretty good movie. Similar movie. Uh, (laughs) Same kind of movie, honestly. (laughs) Same kind of vibe, really, if you think about it. (laughs) But no, so it was Birdman, uh, American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Can you believe anybody thought those movies were of a similar quality? (laughs) (laughs) American Sniper was pretty crazy to be in there. But Clint Eastwood just gets his fucking flowers. That man. I don't know why. He can shit any old thing out and they will give him at least a nomination. (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, so did you you like Birdman, though? I did like it. I enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it. Um, What did you watch this week? I watched the 2023 Christian crime thriller film Sound of Freedom (laughs) 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 directed by Alejandro Monteverde um, starring Jim Caviezel is that like out on streaming now I think it came out on Netflix right well, it was no. in theaters. That was yeah, the thing was that like you'd get all those people like doing TikToks where they're just like, I'm in the theater to see Sound of Freedom and they turned the air conditioning off. They want <laughs> patriots to abandon this movie. 
<laughs> my theater blows. <laughs> no one sees movies here anymore. No one cares about seeing movies in theaters anymore. It's actually because the, the CIA doesn't want you to see it. Um, yeah, so I watched it. Mm-hmm. It sure is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the thing that I kept hearing was that, like, you know, they had spun this whole narrative about it, about, like, you know, like, every production company is, like, turning us down, and we had to, like, make this thing happen ourselves, and and then everybody who sees it is just, like, they were turning it down because it sucks pretty bad. It's not a good movie. <laughs> uh, have you seen it? No. So here's I'm surprised. I really, I've not, once you said it, I was like, how have I not watched this yet? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. Uh, it's funny. It's a funny movie. Um, oh, it's free on Prime. It's number free 10 on Prime. in the US. It's free on Prime. It's Netflix. I have really mixed feelings about this movie. Um, the main issue with that I have with it. Well, first, I'm going to say some stuff. The acting is pretty good. Okay. The, I'm going to say that the movie is not as bad as they would like you to believe. The, 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 the lamestream the woke, woke media <laughs> would like you to believe. It's directed. Uh, th- there are some visually arresting, beautiful shots in this movie. It it is. Mm. I think my letterbox is something like, if David Fincher was forced to direct a movie that sucked or something. Uh-huh. Um, it it looks pretty cool actually. Um, there especially early in the movie before they go to any different country, because as soon as they go to a different country, um, it the sort of like um south american yellow turns on and they just like they they can't help themselves um but it's um especially in the prison and some of the early stuff it looks like a it like is really well framed really well photographed you have to give it to the movie that it doesn't look cheesy and and low budget it actually looks like a, a movie that costs some money um very clearly ripping off David Fincher's style and and uh, framing. Mm-hmm. Lots of middle frames, very tight focus that switches, like technically a good, a, a nice looking movie. Sure. Um, Jim Caviezel, <laughs> Jim Caviezel does kind of a good job in some places, but it's <laughs> like this, now I'm going to switch into what makes it very funny, which is the script is one of the most appalling things I've ever had to watch um the movie is about a guy who works for the department of homeland security in a special operations um like segment called homeland security investigations um functionally ice he works for ice (laughs) Mm -hmm. um this is not true though tim ballard has never worked for the government like okay the the real guy has never worked for American, uh, like any actual service. Like he is not a soldier. He is just a rich freak who (laughs) started functionally a private investigator, private investigatory nonprofit organization to like save kids called our operation underground railroad in 2013. Nice, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what you should call your thing. <laughs> yes. Also, make it really a weird word to pronounce in that context. Our, our, mm. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
yeah, he's not a real he's not a real cop or anything. But in this movie, he is, and he has uh like government money to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, he in the movie he <laughs> he is working at some ice prison and they have a pedophile and he pretends to be a pedophile uh to like get this guy to trust him so that he can like <laughs> he's doing like bugs bunny <laughs> like, instead of like instead of dressing up in like the hot chick outfit like bugs he like comes out in a like a like a Hawaiian shirt and a pencil mustache. <laughs> yes. Also, the casting of the pedophile is like, it's uh, insulting to my intelligence. <laughs> they make him like have a bowl cut and glasses and a mustache and he's yes, all skinny. Dude. Um, and he literally like is like, you're not one of us. <laughs> that is a line to Jim Weasel in this movie. Uh <laughs> Like they think that child pornographers are like some hip like crew, um, so he tr- he pretends to be a child pornographer to get in with him and get him to. It's like the um, it's like the Inglorious Bastards scene where he does the wrong way of doing three with his fingers. <laughs> it's like the way that he's like advancing on a child, and the guy's like. <laughs> You've blown your whole cover. Yes. <laughs> You're no more a pedophile than this scotch is German. <laughs> <laughs> so he <laughs> so he does that. They met they meet up with the traffic child. They get him at the border. Um, they get the they, they start trying to blow the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then they 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 get a the boy, but they had they realized that there's a brother, a sister that he has a picture of that he wants to also track down. And um, then, so his plan is to go to Colombia and start a pedophile club, <laughs> 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 like a cool resort vacation destination for pedophiles. For pedophiles, cool. Um, that costs like a hundred thousand dollars to even know about. Um, and, and then, uh, so the D the D the ice is giving him money to do this again, did not happen. Um, and at a certain point they're like, they're not going to fund this anymore. If they, he doesn't come up with results or whatever, there's like a little bit of like lethal weapon. Like you're out of control, Murphy. You need to like, <laughs> You need to get this under control. Yeah. Um, but all of this part, he, they they fund. He gets this big club together, and then they do this huge sting operation with the Colombian uh, art military um, to get all these pedophiles to come, and then they bring, like, 20 children to this place, uh, and then they arrest them all. Mm-hmm. And then that's not the end of the movie somehow. I like one of the biggest jump scares in this movie was my friend <laughs> pulling up how much more was left <laughs> at the 90 minute mark when this sort of has this like really like this is the end of the movie. Like at the music, the the like slow motion, like saving of the child happens, like wow, what a movie. Right. And then there's 50 minutes left. <laughs> 
this movie is so fucking long. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so about that point is where I checked out and I cannot recommend watching any further, but I did watch it. And he has to, he has to, no, I watched it. He, he has to then leave ice and become a rogue agent and then go to the Amazon jungle. And then there's this whole part where they're making like Bassa cocaine, um, in the Amazon. And then he has to like weasel his way. And like, he's pretends to be doctor without borders and then like go in there and, and like kill a bunch of, like it starts to become a little bit of a, like an action espionage movie. He finds the girl and then he has to like kill the guy. He's, um, he's remember this guy in real life is just some freak with a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he finally, a lot of money, by the way, I just read that his salary like doubled this past year. <laughs> I believe it. He's a Mormon, I think. Um, I don't know why he has so much money. Uh, No one knows anything, but he's basically accused of like raping a bunch of people and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, he's a bad guy um, and a liar and a freak. Um, But yeah, this movie is pretty bad. Uh, (laughs) So he's at the end. Another hour passes where they go on a whole nother mission and then he saves the girl finally. Mm-hmm. and gives the girl back to his her father um it's just so fucking boring dude like this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, it's 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 i wanted to be able to recommend it as like a funny and it like it's pretty funny at the beginning and there's some really funny parts um especially the pedophile who is like a cartoon. Um, You're not one of us. There's a, there's a funny part where this guy who is called, um, he is called the like El Vampiro in Colombia. Who's like helping to make the, he's a really, he's a really pedophile. bad pedophile. No, well the thing is, <laughs> he's so bad. He, he got a nickname. <laughs> he is not a pedophile. He's a, he, he's like some rich, guy who spends all of his money saving kids okay so he's like the colombian version of this guy and they like have this why is he el vampiro i don't know uh he has this they don't actually explain that um but they they have this like really (laughs) intense heart to heart where he's like why are you doing this and he's like because i accidentally fucked a 14 year old (laughs) Like accidentally though, I was. <laughs> and Jim Caviezel is like crying, and like he's like he's crying, and he's like, "I fucked up. I didn't mean to. She was a whore, and I thought she was twenty years old. It turns out she was fourteen. So I want to make up for that." <laughs> And there's just all these weird things where, like, that's it, the, the best. The, the script is kind of tipping its hand that, like, the motivation for all of this is to, like, like the character Jim Caviezel, who's playing Tim Ballard, is like a badass who just thinks that this is evil and wants to sure stop it. He he's like a morally pure soul, um, and. and and to be fair, like does a pretty good job acting that like he is kind of a badass. He's kind of a cool character and an actor and like does a good job selling that, that he's just like really driven and passionate about this. 
because it's like the most horrific thing, you know, like selling children into sex slavery is like the depths of humanity for sure. But like the script <laughs> keeps like kind of giving you hints that the real person that this is about, like is doing it because they're like, assuaging their guilt over being attracted to children <laughs> yes almost certainly nobody <laughs> makes this their whole personality otherwise like you either no. had something happen to you or you did something <laughs> yeah it's really gross and weird um it's it's freakish and once it once they go to um once they finish the colombian sting and then they try to infiltrate the uh amazon uh no fly zone where they're making cocaine uh it gets really fucking boring mm. um and it's hard to watch um so i can't really recommend it even as a joke uh <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrific that people are watching this and being like this although i will say i i think that there would have been a time in my life like as a young teenager that I might have been able to look at this movie and be like, wow, this is crazy. Like there is something cool about it and interesting about it. Um, I can imagine the kind of mindset that you'd be in that I associate with being a child, like a literal uneducated child and be like, this is cool. And I, I would have like enjoyed this movie at some point cause it mm -hmm. is like well-made. Um, as an adult with any knowledge of <laughs> reality, uh, it's horrifying and gross and weird <laughs> and don't watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's how I felt about it. Anyway, on to our feature presentation. Movies, popcorn. It's movies and popcorn. We're talking about the 1990 Paul Verhoeven film Total Recall, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sharon Stone, uh, based on a short story by Philip K. Dick called We Can Remember It For You for Wholesale. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look that up, um, but that makes oh, a lot of sense. I actually uh, haven't hadn't seen this movie, but I had read that short story. Okay. How um, similar is it to the short story? Uh, pretty similar. It's kind okay. of the same. Um, it's, uh, I think they added, if I recall correctly, I don't, I, I don't remember how like Kwaku isn't in it. Kwatu or whatever. Sure. Whatever. Like but there's some details, but like, it's basically the same story is that he wants to be like a secret agent uh from mars and then it turns mm -hmm. out that he actually is and this isn't a dream but maybe it is a dream right um and it ends differently uh i think he like dies and then it turns out he really was a secret agent mm -hmm. uh it's like the opposite kind of ending um but it's it's a very similar premise and and story yeah um so if you haven't seen the movie uh listener the the movie is about Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the future and he's living on a future earth 
and he is just some guy who is a construction worker. He's a construction worker. He's... Hilarious, by the way. This is like <laughs> one of my favorite things that happens in movies sometimes where like, you know, like there's a lot of times in movies where somebody didn't do research about what something looks like or just clearly doesn't look like they did the work as an actor to like figure out how to authentically look like they're doing the thing that they're doing right and so sure. we see arnold working on the construction site and it's him and like nine other guys and they're all operating jackhammers in the same <laughs> space and they're all just like holding it like like not firmly like their arms are wiggling all over the place like his chest is jiggling all over the he just looks ridiculous um and they're all talking to each other while they're jackhammering and shit Right. <laughs> and, and and you know you watch it and you're like this is so fucking goofy <laughs> but then it's hilarious because later on in the movie you know it turns out that he's not supposed to be a construction worker and neither are the guys around him so like it's just one of those things that happens in movies sometimes very like very rarely but it is a very fun thing when it does happen where you notice something looking inauthentic and then there's a plot explanation for why it looked inauthentic. Right. And you're like, and it's oh. like, did they do that on purpose or they did. not? Yeah. They did, man. <laughs> Good job, movie. <laughs> so he's a construction worker. He has a hot wife mm -hmm. uh, who Very is Sharon Stone. Wife. I mean, Sharon Stone. Come on. She's classically hot. Come on. Uh, a blonde. But he's not sure if that he likes that actually yeah i like that too because uh, <laughs> similarly it's like yeah sharon stone is hot but i'm not really that into blondes and I'm then not in, he's and like then he's brunette. constantly talking about like he has dreams about brunettes i'm like shouts out arnold <laughs> i'm with you man <laughs> i don't know uh, if i'm I, I don't know how i'd feel about it either <laughs> <laughs> yeah blonde people are freaks actually they're really um, weird but he's got this weird preoccupation with mars in his head uh he has dreams about it and he goes to this place called Recall, which is like sort of a like a new technology in 2084 mm -hmm. um, where they can like implant memories of something cool that happened to you. Yeah. So you have specifically like, like I mean, when he gets there, they kind of change it a little bit. But like the commercial for it is so like dystopian and such an like an incredible idea that I never would have even thought of for yeah. just like a depressing, you know, futuristic dystopian thing where they're like, sure, like you could go on that vacation, but you're getting kind of old and it's pretty expensive. Why don't we implant the memory of having gone on that vacation? A great one. A version that couldn't possibly exist where you're yeah. never tired. You feel great the whole time. You have an awesome experience and then you're back and you just remember having done it yeah. and it's cheaper. And then, and, and, you know, and then he goes there and they're like, we have a memory of being a secret agent on Mars and you like save the day and stuff. And you're like, all right, well, that's okay too. But like, I really <laughs> liked how depressing that idea was of implanting yeah. a memory of a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes there and he's like, yeah, I'll take the one where I was a secret agent. And then they do it to him. Something goes wrong. And there's like a memory overload. And, and he's like, he breaks out of it. And he they call it like schizotic arrest um mm -hmm. and he breaks out of it and it turns out that he actually was a secret agent on mars and he the wife that he has has only been his wife for like a, a couple of months uh they erased his memory and put him on earth to try and get rid of him yeah um so he has to go back to mars actually to um to figure out what happened and because he's got the secret in his head that the revolution on Mars needs mm -hmm. to figure out uh, 
how to overtake the the corporation that is uh, exploiting all their labor and uh, charging them for air to survive. So, right. So he gets to Mars and we get a nice little like exposition bit where he's driving around with uh, his cab driver who will become a character in the rest of the movie. But he's like showing him around and being like, yeah, man, it's real fucked up up here in the Mars colony. Like you got to stay in this bubble so you can breathe. Otherwise, you'll die. And they charge us to breathe. And then when they first built the place, like the bubble was all fucked up. And so like radiation came through and it mutated all these people. And they're all like um, uh, they're all like psychics and shit. Uh, but they look horrible. Um, they're all mutants. Yeah. And so they're going to uh, they're going to a, a like brothel where um, Quaid has like um, he's like a flyer that directs him there. Um, and uh that he like left to himself before his memory was wiped. Right, he left it in a in a in a bank safe deposit box, mm-hmm. and it says like "ask for Melina for a good time." Yeah, so no he goes relation to, to the Elden Ring character. He goes to the <laughs> uh, he goes to the to the brothel, and there's a lady with three titties there. And very funny thing, by the way, uh, you know that's a very iconic thing from this movie, obviously. But I was laughing so fucking hard uh, towards the end of the movie when she just comes back a second time and shows her titties again. Cause you can tell that it's like Verhoeven <laughs> yeah. just being like, this was pretty funny. We this should do very it again. Cool. We should see the, three we should do it again. one more time. We, we made the effect. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Come on, put the money on the screen. Like we got, <laughs> yeah. And it was an expensive movie. This was a 48 to $80 million budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So then uh, it turns out that they were actually married or like in a relationship. Um, she takes him to go see Quatu, Quato, the uh, leader of the resistance, uh, who turns out to be a mutant growing out of the chest of the guy he's yes. already been talking to, which is cool. Very um, cool. They, they have he, they're psychic. And so he's like trying to go into his mind and find. And I just want to say, by the way, before we go any further. OK. Um, when we did Body Horror Month, this is what I wanted. Me this too. Is, this is what I want from from Body Horror. You know, and Dude, this isn't I, even a horror movie. I'm going like, to say if a if a dark council wants to form again and give us an actual Body Horror Month, you have you're allowed because we didn't really get one. We yeah. didn't watch Basket but Case. But this is this we is what watch. we're talking about, folks. <laughs> this is this is some nice fucking gross practical effect stuff. Yes disgusting some of this stuff it's hard to look at yeah i i just want to say i mean just even before we go any further i loved this movie (laughs) so much (laughs) i'm so fucking like i i'm so surprised that you like this movie more than robocop i liked this so much more than robocop I straight up the whole time I'm watching this. I'm watching this the whole time just being like, why do people talk about Robocop? This is the fucking, this is the real shit. This is the Verhoeven fucking. I mean, I got to watch Starship Troopers again because I haven't watched it in a little while. I mean, I I agree with you. This is the fucking, (laughs) this is the real shit, you know? I agree with you, but I think that they are similar in in quality. Uh, No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because. Because RoboCop doesn't have any of this like 
this gruesome nasty like there's like violence and stuff and like people's like people get like melted and they get shot and whatever this is like on a whole nother level of like when when the cab driver like reveals oh, his, his fake hand out. and his disgusting little fucking hand like unfurls and it's all goopy and stuff <laughs> so cool <laughs> that's on. one of the coolest shots in the movie honestly <laughs> yeah. And it's cool. It's like for five seconds. It's just like I'm on your side, and this huge like claw comes His out. Wet claw. <laughs> They're like, oh damn, you're a mutant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a really cool movie. And this uh, one's just like it and feels it's more. <laughs> it's space, and it it just feels more modern in like its pacing and stuff. Like it feels less like a slow, boring old movie, and more like like stuff is just constantly happening in this movie, and it's always moving. There's never never any time to be like, uh, I guess we're sitting in a fucking abandoned building with RoboCop as he's like trying to take his mask off, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, we don't have to argue about RoboCop because that was last week. Mm-hmm. But I've I felt like RoboCop moves just as similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think it's a, a really fun movie. Um, but maybe I I don't know because it's like I don't even really have nostalgia for RoboCop. I just thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, this movie is much more insane though. I'll mm-hmm. I'll totally agree with you on that. Like it's the amount of insane shots per minute is crazy like everything every time every time the, there's a different shot it's like wow i've never seen that before in my mm-hmm. life what the fuck is that yeah <laughs> um this has to be like the number one practical effects movie like i can't think of anything else that like it has this many crazy ass things in it that are like all handmade that the movie, are all like the movie won an academy award for it it's this fucking Os- better half <laughs> Oscar winning total recall. Um, yeah, the music's good. The practical effects are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like what people remember Repo Man and Super yes. Mario Brothers looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, Repo Man has really cool things, but this is just like constant. Um, yeah, it's beautiful to behold. Like this is this is the late eighties, early nineties, like aesthetic like i mm-hmm. want every sci-fi movie to look like this yes um i love it it's gorgeous <laughs> you know what else um, is nice is they achieved it without uh without and and had a mutation related story that didn't ever use glowing green goop no glowing green goop no glowing green goop um it's space no, radiation no ooze uh, no it's, it's just Mars radiation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, at the end, uh, they figure out that they are purposefully hiding a 500,000 year old reactor that could. Oh, make... but wait, before we get to that. So oh. it's like, so, so Arnold uh, or um, Quaid uh, <laughs> goes to. His name uh, is Quaid. Or, is Quaid. But or he has a Carl name Hauser. before that. Uh, Hauser, right? So Quaid uh, goes with the with the Mars rebels and then uh, surprise the the evil, whatever the fuck they're called, the bad guys. Uh, they find them and they're like, surprise, actually, Quaid, you are Hauser. But guess what? Hauser wasn't a rebel. He was one of us. And right. you are under deep, deep cover. We erased your mind so that you would be easier to get infiltrated into there. And then we are going to switch you back. It's a little confusing. It doesn't totally make sense. Um, but <laughs> I it's think it fun. does. It, it, it's, it, it, I mean, I think the thing is, is that 
Verhoeven wanted it. I mean, I think Verhoeven believes if it's up to him that all of it is a dream mm-hmm. and that none of this is really happening, that he really is just a construction worker. Okay. Um, but he also says it like can kind of work either way. And he sure. made it so that it could work either way. Um, which I think Philip K. Dick had a lot to say about that stuff. And one, if there is a criticism I have about this movie, it's like, to me, it doesn't really make sense for this movie to have that question. Uh, Cause it's such a fun adventure and such a cool, like political, you know, sort of metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like what's the point of it being a dream? Right. Um, I think that Verhoeven wants more than anything. He wants to make a wants to make movies to make you understand how like awful the America is in the eighties. <laughs> right. Like that's really what he's about. And I think that's what it all being a dream kind of is, is that like you're sort of stuck in this awful, boring life and you wish you could like have a revolution uh, against a corporation and like free people from like the oppression that they're under, but you can't, they'll sell you that. <laughs> they'll sell you that experience. Um, so you can remember having it, but that's all you get. Um, and I think that's really bleak and he's a very bleak kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a power fantasy. And it like, I love that it makes you honestly, I'm talking myself out of it. It's awesome that it gives you the power fantasy of having a revolution against the corporation. And also as a commentary about how bleak it is that they could sell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they are literally selling it to you because it's a movie. Right. Um, it's great. This movie is incredible. <laughs> yes. So then it turns out that there's like a reactor that will, that has always existed that aliens built that uh, if you turn it on, will just like make Mars have oxygen and it'll be perfectly livable. And this corporation has been hiding it the whole time and just partitioning off like little bits of oxygen into the bubble so that they can keep making money off of it. And that's what uh, Quaid has to go and, um, he has to go activate it and uh, the main big bad guy gets sucked out into the Mars atmosphere and he just like blows up like a fucking crazy ass. Uh, I just like I don't even know what to compare some of this <laughs> stuff to visually, but it's like it's like it, the it garbage feels trail like, kids movie yeah, or something uh-huh. like uh, it, it reminds me of um, the Pee Wee Herman's big adventure when the lady's face blows up a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. I was thinking like a lot of this stuff made me think of like trauma movies. Um, like it's just like it's all the stuff that like I think what I found most impressive in this movie is that like all of the visual effects are like disgusting and like they're they're they're. Um, it's all like the stuff that you see in like indie horror with like the specific like freaks who are into this sort of like, you know, body horror and like 80s, you know, mutant horror and stuff. And like, you know, all this stuff that's like part of this kind of like underground movie tradition that's yeah. all just like packed onto the screen and just like given to a real mainstream audience in this. I mean, you're talking like Schwarzenegger at this time is like a huge star. Yeah. One of the biggest stars in the world. He's one of the most bookable people on earth the same year he's doing kindergarten cop, you know, like that's where my dude is at at this point in his career. Same year, same fucking year. Kindergarten cop and total recall. Nice. Next year is Terminator two judgment day what a fucking like what a time to get Schwarzenegger and you're just like 
put him in there, make the plot insane, make the fucking effects insane. All of this is just like, I mean, to get put it all together, it's just one of the weirdest movies I've ever fucking seen <laughs> in, in this genre, you know, like, yeah, there's weirder stuff out there. Sure. But I mean, like for fucking like big Hollywood, you know, uh, sci-fi action adventure movie, you're not going to get a weirder one than this. No, it's pretty fucking weird and pretty good. Um, this uh, it's always fun to like uh, like this. This movie is uh, the special effects uh, lead was Eric Brevik, who mm-hmm. did um, House 2. I don't know if you've ever seen House 2, but House no. is a movie. If you want to see fucking special effects uh, from the 80s, uh, House and House 2 are incredible. <laughs> um, and he also did The, the Abyss. Uh, he did Captain EO. Holy shit. Crazy. There's a very long Wikipedia page just on the special effects of Total Recall. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a big deal. Um, God damn. Yeah. So, and then they save the day. His face almost blows up. Um, but then the air is all, the reactor releases air into the surface of Mars and everyone is free and saved. And he's like, he's like, I just had a weird thought. What if this is all a dream? And she's like, well, you better kiss me before you wake up. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the end um, of the movie. And I think, like I said before, like it's, it's Dan O'Bannon is some sort of genius. I think this is also the guy who wrote alien. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote uh, and directed return of the living dead. Uh, a fantastic movie. Um, he wrote this movie as well. Um, and he's just so good. I think he, I forgot he wrote life force, incredibly underrated movie with beautiful special effects. Uh, alien space vampires that movie's so good <laughs> um yeah the movie looks awesome and then verhoven doesn't really do this level of um special effects ever again i mean a, he does in hollow man but that's cgi yeah and i mean um starship troopers has a lot of special effects Oh yeah, obviously, and actually has a lot of practical effects too. Like a lot of the bugs are real. It's oh really? Lot, it's it's a big mixture. Um, like at the end when like Neil Patrick Harris like is putting his hand on that this the scary mother bug mm-hmm. or whatever. That's like real. Um, that's a real puppet. There's enough real puppets that I like that movie for it. Um, I just don't like how that movie's in the desert. Desert is a really uninteresting looking place to me yeah um i get why he puts stuff there like conceptually but i mean especially when it's like movie desert because you cannot like you know unless you're setting in a very specific place like if you just want desert then it just means empty you know like there are deserts in the world that are fucking sick but once you see them you're like that's that desert you know, like once you see <laughs> yeah, it, you yeah. know what desert it is. And space desert is just It doesn't work sand. for space desert. Yeah, you can't have like the Suaro yeah. Valley and be like, oh, wow, wow, I guess they're in space, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately you can't. Um, but yeah, Starship Troopers is, is weird because like all the stuff where they're in the buildings is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then like the first couple of times they're in the desert, it's cool. But then like towards the end of the movie, you're just like, only in like blank areas that look kind of give it a weird feel to me. 
unlike Total Recall, where <laughs> you're constantly in the weirdest room you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the set design here is so good. Like the place where the mutants hang out is a really cool alleyway. Feels like a, a cyberpunk video game that I would have played in the 90s. Um, vir- reminds me of Virtuaverse. Um, it's all really good looking. Um, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, though, <laughs> I think is my least favorite part of the movie. Um, uh, I know that he is a bankable star. I get why he's in the movie. I get that he like could play a special agent. I just feel like his his, his charisma has always been really touch and go for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this movie would have been cooler. I don't know, with some other actor from the time. I can't really put my finger on it, but like I don't I don't know. What do you think about Schwarzenegger in this movie? Yeah, I think his acting itself is not great. Um but well, that's no, kind of not a very good actor. That's his thing. That's you know, you're gonna get that with Schwarzenegger. I think that something very underrated about him though is like how cartoonish his face is and even if he's even if he's not a like vocal actor like his actual line reads are dog shit like he's really able to do a lot with his face he's like i mean it's like him and jim carrey are the two people i can think of who like their face moves the most when they talk you know (laughs) and so there's something about (laughs) that when mixed with like the body horror elements of this and the special effects he makeup things of this that kind of makes it like he's the one who like everybody else you can tell like when their head is exploding or whatever that like there's a point where it's changing over from like them to the effect he's the yeah. only one who i was like halfway into the effect before i was like oh they switched it to the effect <laughs> <laughs> oh that's not just makeup it's like a totally yeah. different head yes that does happen multiple times um <laughs> when he's the lady uh and he what is the phrase he gets stuck on his like the robot face gets stuck oh on? yeah what is he saying two weeks right something it's like two yeah weeks, i don't know two weeks two weeks uh that movie's that part is so crazy <laughs> <laughs> and then the head like comes off in like layers um god what a weird movie this is and it's like funny too who would be better in this role? I don't know. I don't know. It's Maybe impossible it just to is even Arnold imagine. Schwarzenegger. Who's, he's really good in it. But yeah, the, the acting of it kind of throws me off. Because I want it to be like a little more serious and when it needs to be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of anybody in the 80s that would have been good. Maybe Bruce Willis. He's kind of like got comedic chops and like a little bit of a better actor. Yeah. And he was but popular around this time. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, he doesn't need to be like Austrian or whatever. So I guess like I'm kind of limiting myself by just thinking <laughs> of him as having at all. an accent. He doesn't but, need to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I can't think of anybody else for this. Like, yeah. Mel Gibson. I was going to say Keanu. Keanu would be great. Although Keanu is in a movie like this and it's called Johnny Mnemonic and it's uh-huh. also great. <laughs> and he's in another movie like this and it's called The Matrix. 
That's true. Keanu is the perfect one for this kind of movie. Yeah. And his head is weird looking. And his head uh, is weird looking. It yeah. would work with, well with that. That would have been great. Wouldn't it have um, been funny if it was Jim Carrey? What if he had started... <laughs> started well, doing the action stuff? I don't think he could pull the action stuff I don't think off. he was even active yet. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it because this is 1990. He was um, in in living color at this point. I think. Yeah, so it wasn't going to be him. No, he's too young, too. <laughs> like He just looks like a little kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, but his face is very rubbery. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think it, it, this is this movie is so bizarre because it's also... It's one of the weirdest movies we've watched, for sure. Yes, but it's also one of the most popular movies we watched. Like this is a this movie made two hundred and sixty one million dollars mm-hmm. and was just like critically acclaimed, uh, <laughs> kind of critically acclaimed. Like it it was just like audience polls. Audiences loved this movie, um, and it won an Academy Award. Um, I don't know. It was really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it got kind of weirdly overshadowed by like Terminator two. Like there was just so many more movies in the nineties that became even huger that people kind of like forget about total recall. Like, I feel like total recall is always like in the conversation of like Reddit, best movie you know what i mean like mm-hmm. action movies from the 90s that nerds like um glorify and and exalt but not anywhere near the top yeah. like this movie is always surpassed by robocop or indiana jones or you know terminator 2 and i just think this movie's way better than those movies yes it's way more fun yeah this movie fucking rocks i'm mad that i didn't see it sooner I like I can't believe I never saw it. It's insane. It's another one of those movies like Robocop where like there's all sorts of shit in it that I'm like recognizing as cultural references from elsewhere. Of but course. like with that as an understanding, like Robocop, I didn't end up being like, damn, I'm pissed. I'd never seen this before. But like this one, I straight up was like, I've wasted so many years not seeing this movie. I can't <laughs> not watching this every believe it. And like and I can't believe like how many people who listen to this show know how much I like Ricky O. And weren't like, oh, dog, you're going to love Total Recall. I mean, That's I a didn't, great point. I never said out loud before that I'd never seen Total Recall. But come on, guys. You're fucking, you're, you're dropping the ball here. You know, you know what your boy likes, you know? Yeah, I, I don't feel. Don't ever I assume don't, that I've seen a movie because I probably haven't. I mean, it, I, it makes more sense for me because I have been recommended this before. Mm-hmm. And I have seen a lot of movies and I constantly ask for recommendations of about practical effects so it would be a safe to assume i'd seen this movie but i hadn't um and i loved it and i will be watching it again i I will be watching it again for sure a a great time i think it uh there in the entirety of the generation lost discord a couple people have mentioned it Jealous Cactus said that it was a masterpiece in 2022. Uh, And then a couple other times they were talking about the remake when the remake came out. I guess there's a remake. I don't really Mm. know about that. Um, And uh, total remake. And then it's basically like the Dark Council being like, maybe we should do a Verhoeven much. They did it in 2012. With Colin Farrell as Quaid. 
That can't be worth watching. That sucks. <laughs> We've got Kate Beckinsdale and Jessica Beale and Brian Cranston uh, as the main bad guy and Bill Nighy. Look how boring it looks. Like all the screenshots are just like beige and green. That's, Man, that's why would, so depressing. Why the fuck would you make this? You stupid assholes. Um, yeah, fuck that. I don't even want to look at this. Look how cool the original one is when he pulls the fucking ball out of his nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, this movie's cool. Forgot all um, about the ball in his nose. Yeah, that's another thing where it's like, even when you're not doing a full transition of Arnold's face to um, to a, a, a effect, you still get like these times where there's an effect involved with his face and he's just selling it so well by just having his face be like, so rubbery, yeah. Yeah. Man, this movie's really good and I'm mad at everyone for not making, forcing me to watch it earlier. I agree with Jeremy. This yep. is a great, great, great movie and if you haven't seen it, run don't walk to see Total Recall yeah. from 1990. <laughs> because apparently you can be our age, mm-hmm. be the and target. And into movies. <laughs> and have into a movie practical podcast effects. Specifically into practical effects and people will forget because it's probably probably because it's so ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Like it's Verhoeven, it's Schwarzenegger. It was hugely popular. People probably forget to mention this one because it was probably ubiquitous. Um but I think this movie deserves to be up in the echelons of like nerd Reddit action movies. Like this is one of the better ones that I've ever seen. Yeah. I loved it. Thanks for hanging out with us on Generation Laws. Big recommend from me and Jeremy. So it is time for you leave. to leave. <laughs> this is the end of Generation Laws. Thanks so much for listening. Please go to patreon.com slash generation loss and sign up to the sopranos tier because next week i think it's gonna be time to vote on what the next show is going to be um we are finishing the boys season three which i've watched almost all of haven't started Um, yet i'm actually doing it right this time (laughs) every every other month i'll watch it like the first week of the month and then by the time it's coming around i'm like oh i better review (laughs) yeah i did that the first one the first time where i watched it too fast that show goes down so it goes down so easy i just fucking devour it so i'm gonna (laughs) do it i because i know it's gonna take me like two days to watch it so i'm gonna do it like right after this basically (laughs) i was i was sick this week i had a pretty bad cold um and i just watched like five six episodes in a row (laughs) Uh, it's a beautiful thing i also got a steam deck this this month so i was just like playing elden ring in my hands and watching it it was great how is the steam deck do you like oh baby it's nice it's an oled screen you can play Elden Ring on it. And what is it? It's like it's got like switch controls. Like it's got it's like got switch controls, but it also has two little pads that are like mice. Okay. But they're like they have like haptic feedback too. They feel crazy. Mm. Um, so you can play like Factorio or like some more like mouse driven games. This is what I was gonna say. Yeah, is like could you pl- theoretically, if one were to want to do something like that, <laughs> could you play like City Skylines on it or something? <laughs> Buddy, you can. <laughs> and you have access to the workshop on the Steam Deck? Uh, you have. It is functionally a computer. Beautiful. Like, you can mod it. You don't have to actually just play Steam if you mod it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty crazy little device. Uh, Valve continues to be just a really interesting company. They've, like, you remember when Google used to say, like, don't be evil? Yeah. 
Valve has like been like we're like a comp like a worker owned company. We have like you know non hierarchical structure, and they've just like kind of kept doing that. They're like, yeah. one and of they the- just keep making cool stuff. That's like, <laughs> yeah. There's no real like. It, I mean, sure. I bet they're making bank off of the oh. Steam Deck. But it's it's so funny because it's like it's just a sick thing that it's just like, what if we made a cool thing? And (laughs) I'm sure they've done some awful things. I know people always complain about them, whatever. But I mean, like, I I just think it's really cool that like on Steam right now, like on the front page, Portal Revolutions is a completely modded sequel to Portal 2 Mm -hmm. that is not by Valve, but it's like on their front page being like, look, fans made like Portal 3 basically. Oh, that's awesome. That's funny. I was literally just thinking right before we started recording this. I was like, I wonder if they're ever going to make a Portal 3. They haven't, but like fans did. And they're, they're like pushing it. Like there's ads yeah. for it on Steam. That's fine. Uh, and it's it's free. I'm going to awesome. fucking I'm gonna I think go that's ahead cool. and get this. I have it on my Steam deck. <laughs> it looks amazing. Oh, um, I need to have Portal 2 first. You do. Um, but Portal 2 is usually very cheap. Um Anyway, that's not patreon.com slash generation loss. That's a different company. Uh, but go to that website and check it out. If you want to join the Dark Council, you can do it there. You can hang out with us in the Discord. You can follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod and follow us individually from there. Listen to, I think I'll have a new single out this week. If it's, I think it comes out Wednesday, so maybe not quite yet. But be on the lookout for that. My band's called Stay Inside. Um, Follow Jeremy on YouTube at Jeremy Thunder. Uh, And until next time, that's that's movies. Team.